our world is obsessed with love. We're obsessed with it. Although there's division seemingly everywhere you look, it's like you can't get away from this theme of just love one another. The Beatles saying about it, all you need is love. You've heard it sung, what the world needs now is love, sweet love. Then you take the romantic type love. One of the greatest songs of a movie is Back to the Future with Huey Lewis in the news. That's the power of love. Such a great song. And then you've got the classic, the goat himself, Lionel Richie. And, and you know, Miss Diana Ross, you know it. Sing it with me if you know it. Oh, yes. There's only you in my life. Is this anybody's song? Anybody's song in here today? All right, let's stand up and sing it, Ken. Let's hear you. Shelly, come on. Dance it up. You got the suspenders and everything. All right, that's enough of that. We're in church. Man, love. We're enamored by love. The truth is every one of us, every man, every woman, every boy, every girl, we all want to be loved. This is why so many teenagers uh, get ready to go on a date and they fix their hair and they go out. Some of those girls put makeup on their faces because they, they want to be seen as pretty and deep down we all want to be loved and, and men and women the like. There is a need in each one of us to, to want to be held, to want to be known, to want to be accepted. We long for affection and at the core of our being, we want, we want to be loved, yet Yet we live in a world and we live in homes where so many of us are lonely. You don't feel whole. You don't feel known. You often feel alone and quite honestly, unloved. You feel incomplete in a lot of ways. The, the truth is, as Christians, we understand that those who live apart from Jesus truly are incomplete it's only in an abiding relationship with Christ where we feel whole and where we are able to feel known. And I want to share one great truth with you today. For some of you, it will be an encouraging reminder this Christmas, as it usually is. For others, it will be a life-changing truth if you will believe it, if you will receive it. And here it is. Jesus came as a demonstration of God's love for us. And if you would just simply delete the word us and say the word me, it would be so true to you. Jesus came as a demonstration of God's love for me. Insert your name there. It can be difficult to grasp or even remember what has taken place because of God's sending Christ to earth. It would be difficult to grasp what has taken place from the manger to the cross and from the resurrection to the throne and from the New Testament church to today by the Spirit's power. John writes in his letter in chapter 4, verses 9 through 10, about the love of God made manifest to us. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us that God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. 
when we think about Christmas, when we come to adore and sing about the baby that had come in a manger, what we're singing about is God's greatest demonstration of love for mankind. That word manifest in the text means able to be seen. It means clearly visible. It means easy to recognize. And this is what Christmas represents. It makes clear and visible the great love God has for the world. And we see it when we read the, the nativity, we read the accounts in Matthew and in Luke. What we're reading about is real historical evidence that God sent Jesus. When you read about Joseph's encounter with the angel, that Christ has come so that he would save his people from their sin. When you read about Mary and her wrestle, when you see the wise men coming to see in their response, when you, when you hear of the shepherds in the field and the angels show up and says, this is good news of great joy that will be for all people. The shepherds come and see, and what do they do? They don't just go, oh, that's cool. Oh, that was neat. No, no. And a real encounter with Jesus changes a person's life. And so now they go and they tell others. And, and sure, if you follow the shepherds, I'm sure there were some who went, man, that's incredible. Let me go see. And yet there were others who were like, you're crazy. Or others who were like, man, will you just get out of my way? I got stuff going on. There's all kinds of responses to the encounter of Jesus Christ. Even the verse we read at the beginning of today's sermon for our Advent candles was John 15, 13. It's been on our Advent challenge cards this week. Greater love has no one than this, that someone laid down his life for his friends. See, John reveals for us a picture of the manifestation and purpose of God's love towards his people. He sent his son, Jesus Christ, into the world to be the, what we say as Christians, that wrath-bearing sacrifice for our sins so that we might not die, but that we might live through him. That is the gospel that Christ came. He lived, he died, he rose to life so that sinful people like you and me would turn from our sins and put our faith in him and receive the free gift of eternal life, receive his spirit and be saved. It's a gift of faith. It's a gift of God. This is what Christ has done. So this is love. This is true love. Jesus is God's demonstration of his love for you. I went down this trail of noticing all the various kinds of ways the love of Christ is demonstrated to us in the New Testament. And and I'm going to go really fast here. I just want to give you 10 quick ones, and then we're done. They're going to go really fast. If you want to take notes, then maybe just write the word. Here they are. First, Christ's love is a welcoming love, meaning there are no boundaries with it. It's for anyone who would come to him in faith. He welcomes sinners as the evidence of the New Testament gospels. Christ welcomes anyone. So if you feel like you're here today and you don't belong in church, well, the good news is the gospel is for you and Jesus is for you. If you feel like you don't belong around maybe religious folks, hey, you're at the right spot then because I feel like I don't belong either. But this gospel is a welcoming gospel. It's a sacrificial love, secondly. Sacrificial, what I mean by that is simply this word Emmanuel means God with us. That means God's not distant. It means God's not uninvolved. It means 
that God cares, that God is very close, that so much so that he himself selflessly stepped into our story, lived among us, laid himself down for us, making himself manifest. It is a sacrificial love. Number three, it's an intimate love, meaning he sees you and he knows you and he sees your struggles. He sees your frustrations. He sees the, the fights and the fits. He sees it all. And yet he still comes. He sees all of your sin and he loves you despite it. He intimately longs for you and wants your heart and wants all of your mess, whatever your mess might be, is welcoming. It's sacrificial. It's intimate. It is a familial love, number four. What I mean by that is the Bible talks about how God, when we are saved, when we give our lives to him, he adopts us as sons and daughters into his family. We belong to the family of God, adopted. We don't belong in the family, but because of Christ, we are welcomed in the family. And this means that his inheritance is our inheritance. And what good news that is. Number five, it's a forgiving love. A love that forgives all sin. A love that, that doesn't see our failures, but now cast them behind them in Christ and sees Christ's righteousness for us. It's a forgiving love. Number six, it's a, and hear me here. And I want to be careful here because I know in this room, there's a lot of this. It's a healing love. It's a healing love. There's a lot of brokenness in this room. I know there's a lot of brokenness in our homes, a lot of brokenness in our marriages, a lot of brokenness and un unforgiveness and bitterness and anger resentment. There's a lot of brokenness. Well, love, the love of Christ is a healing love. It mends the broken places. It meets us in our deepest places. Number seven, it's a merciful love. The mercy of God in Christ for us is incredible. It remembers no wrongs. It's full of grace. God's, God has mercy on us instead of giving us what we deserve. In Christ, there is great abounding mercy. It's a merciful love. Number eight, it's a steadfast love. And I love this word steadfast because I am not perfect. I have many failures. So ask my wife and my children. I'm not perfect. But this steadfast love of God, this faithful love is never ending. It's never giving up. It's always and it's abounding because it's not in my works that I am saved, it's in the work of Christ, which covers me. And his love is steadfast. Number nine, it's a perfect love. So I don't know how you feel about how you love others, but sometimes my love isn't as great as I'd like. I wish I was better at loving people, better at loving my family or my friends. Well, God's love is a perfect love. There's no blemishes. He's always present with us. And number 10, it's an eternal love. It's forever and never ending. It is in this world, yes, but it transcends this world into all of eternity because the love of God in Christ is a promised resurrection to come. It's a promised second advent that Jesus is coming again. We sit on this side of the manger, on this side of the empty tomb, and right now Christ is reigning on high and his promises are sure and steady for all of us in Christ Jesus and his Promises are like his love and they are eternal. And that is good news. See, Jesus came to save that you and I might receive 
His gift is a gift of true love. His welcoming, sacrificial, intimate, familial, forgiving, healing, merciful, steadfast, perfect, and eternal love. Jesus says it in John 10, 11, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He came to die for us, taking upon himself our sinfulness, bearing the wrath of God coming against our disobedience. Romans 5, 8, God shows his Love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. We see this love of God most clearly in that he gave himself to us in Christ so that we might know him most intimately and most deeply for eternity. Salvation is found only in Christ. And this is to be received by faith, not by works. Ephesians 2, 8 through 9, for by grace, you have been saved through faith. This is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works so that no one may boast. He says it in Titus three, when the goodness and loving kindness of God, our savior appeared, he saved us, not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy spirit, whom he poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ, our savior. So that being justified by his grace, we might become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. What a reason to celebrate at Christmas. Christ has come to set us free, to save sinners, to welcome us for all eternity. He set his love upon us. And so believer, Christian today, be encouraged. Don't forget God loves you. In this moment, he loves you. But be encouraged. Maybe you're here today and you're you are a confessing, a confessing Christian, but if we're being honest and we need to be and God sees, you're not where you should be for whatever reason. Well, welcome back to church. Welcome to the Holy Spirit's kindness. Welcome to conviction in your soul and your life. The best thing you can do is to perk up, to pay attention to what the Lord's doing in you. And to say, I hear you, Lord. And then 2024 is coming. What a great time to hop on board and grow again. And then third, if you're here today and you're not really a Christian and you, for whatever reason, you're not. Or maybe you find yourself right now and you're going, man, I I want the love of God. I just don't know how to get him. I just don't know where to start. I don't belong here, but I, I, I want it. I just don't know what I can do. Well, the good news is it starts with you and the Lord. It starts with you saying, God, I don't know what to do. God, I can't do enough. God, I am deeply broken and sinful, but I believe you, Jesus, died for me. If you're here today and that's a prayer that you want to make, I don't want to make this awkward for you, but we're going to just put, I'm going to give you a guide on the, on the screen here. If you're someone who doesn't think you belong in church or you feel like you want to find your way to following God, here's where you start. Between you and the Lord right now, why don't you take a minute Just between you and God and the soft, quiet spirit in your soul, God sees you and knows you. Why don't you just make this your prayer or something like it? What's important is not the words on the screen, but the prayer of your heart, the disposition of your heart for you to say, all right, God, today I want to trust in you. I want to make Jesus the Lord of my life. Right now, let's just go before the Lord and reflect on his goodness. Maybe there are some here who are crying out to God right now and confessing Jesus as Lord. Maybe you need to make some things right in your own soul. Maybe you just want to say, thank you, Lord, for guiding me through another year. 
Have you trusted in Jesus? Do you know him? If not, let today be the day.